Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith to Live By. I'm Pam Christian, your host each week, where I seek to help us explore current events from a biblical and prophetic perspective, so we as God's people know how He wants us to respond. The last few weeks, we've been encouraged by my guest Derek Johnson and his unique understanding of current military operations, helping us to see God has been at work in our behalf through many people behind the scenes. Today, I want to talk to you about how God wants to work in and through you. For the next 30 minutes or so, between what you hear from me and from my guest, Pastor David Scarlett, you can be revived and restored with a new and certain hope for your personal future, for that of your loved ones, and for the hope and future of the world, if you are willing to reconsider what you understand to be true in light of what we bring you today. You know, my life has turned out nothing like I dreamed. I have suffered many common life tragedies, beginning with my family of origin, and all the dysfunction that comes with alcoholism, domestic violence, divorce, immorality, and a woeful lack of reverence for God. Many, if not most of you hearing this, can personally relate, because these human conditions are the result of sin, which in its compact form is to reject God in all his ways. In my adult years, after making a complete mess of my life and being farther from my hopes and dreams than ever, I called out to God, the God I learned a little about when my mom allowed me to attend church with my aunt or our neighbors. Even at that young age, I figured my mom wanted my sister and me out of the house Sunday mornings so we wouldn't wake our violent dad, who was sleeping off the night before. Regardless, the little exposure I had from the Sunday school teachers were seeds planted that allowed me to ultimately cry out to God, asking Him to make something good of my life, because I'd clearly proven on my own, all I could do was make a mess of it. I didn't have a clear plan of what I wanted to be when I grew up, largely because I didn't have parents who helped me realize my God-given purpose based on my talents and abilities, and I bet many of you experienced the same in this regard, too. I was aware that truth and justice mattered to me greatly from a very young age. And any time I saw injustice, I got involved to make things right as best I could. I must have developed a reputation for that because I distinctly recall being asked to represent our high school drill team before our student council for what was an unfair budget allocation. My input resulted in the policy being changed to the benefit of all parties. But being a lawyer was never on my radar because the vast majority are known to use the laws to twist the truth and allow injustice to advance. I never thought of being a teacher either, although I was naturally curious and had a knack for being able to distill difficult subjects down to be more easily understood. So when I genuinely called out to God, and in that very moment experienced His presence like never before, and by the way, I tell the whole story when I'm invited to speak in person. When I genuinely called out to God, My desire for truth and justice and to know more about God and His ways consumed me. I found a good church. I joined an excellent Bible study. I listened to Christian talk radio all day long from the time I got out of bed until I went to sleep. I couldn't get enough, and I also had the sense I desperately needed to make up for lost time. So within a couple of years, I got married, and we moved to a new community where the Bible study I'd grown to love didn't have a class. Having been an entrepreneur of several small businesses, I knew I could help the organization get a new class established. After a couple of years working to make that happen, I was the most shocked when God made it clear he wanted me to be the teacher. I took three days to ponder the prospect 
before I meekly agreed. It turns out that being the teacher was one of the best things I could have ever done, because as you teachers know, in order to teach requires we study a great deal, and then we must extract the information down and present it in such a way that people grasp the message, and especially in the case of Bible study, their lives are truly transformed. That first clear calling from God put me on a path of communications, teaching, and media in ministry, something I don't think I ever would have chosen for myself. Ever since, all I've wanted to do is whatever God asks of me, knowing that each of us is created by God with a specific destiny, a unique purpose, and a calling to work with Him to advance His kingdom will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Many people, especially in affluent countries like America, have a wrong understanding about God and have therefore never surrendered their life over to God to be the Lord of their life, to direct their life path. They think if they surrender to God that He will send them off to some foreign country where they will be missionaries, have to learn a whole new language, and live in a thatched roof home with a dirt floor, which is not something they want for themselves. If you relate to this lack of surrender to God, I want you to hear me on this, please. God creates us with His purpose in mind, His good purpose for His will to be done on earth, for His will to overcome the evil in our midst. God then gives us specific natural talents to enable us to fulfill His purpose. And for those of us who come to believe in and receive Jesus as our Savior and Lord, God then gives us specific supernatural gifts to better enable us to fulfill our calling. God puts the desires of our hearts in our hearts so that we will be drawn to do what He has created us to do. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 states, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. From all of this, I have learned, unless we are living according to our God-given purpose, we have no hope of experiencing true and genuine personal fulfillment. If we are not living according to God's purpose for our life, the most we can experience is a counterfeit life, a life that doesn't quite satisfy, a life with a relentless sense of insignificance. Do you know why that is? Because God has created each and every one of us to be significant. Consider with me, the only way we can feel any measure of insignificance is if we are created to be significant. So as you consider your life today, let all this I've shared so far today really sink in. If you think we are living in times where evil and wickedness have advanced to such a point that there is either no hope or that our only hope is for Jesus to return and take us away from all of this, I have to tell you, you have a wrong understanding of God and a wrong understanding about His plans for your life. The most compelling current event for us today is what God is saying to His people about how He wants us to respond to these very dark and otherwise frightening days. God is reassuring us daily through both His written word and the words of the prophets what He is doing to rectify evil and what He wants His people to do in partnership with Him to be in His protection and provision. I encourage you to listen to what God said through Julie Green on May 9th with the word titled, A Great Fall is Coming. You'll find the link in the show notes.
In this word, you'll hear God giving us all some very specific instructions of how to appropriate Christ's victory over the enemy in these very dark and evil days, so that we will see light win, as Pastor David Scarlett so often says. Now let's check in to hear the interview I had with Pastor David Scarlett, a retired Marine and the founder of His Glory, a Christian outreach and Christian ministry bringing the word of His glory to the world. David came to faith in Christ after getting a taste of heaven and a vision of Jesus after a near-death experience. The primary mission of His Glory is to provide hope. Here's my conversation with Pastor David Scarlett. Pastor Dave Scarlett, I am always honored to have you on my podcast. My audience members always let me know that they're very grateful when you're on because you provide such hope and optimism with a lot of knowledge about what's actually going on in our government. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Well, it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Just before we started, we were talking and I know that you must be careful with the kind of information you share because you are entrusted with some very highly classified information. But I would like you to share what you can for my audience members to let them know what's really going on behind the scenes that we're not hearing about from mainstream media. Right. Um, first of all, our, our hope and our promises in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, no matter what happens, God has it, light wins, no ifs, ands, or buts. One of the problems with this movement is I have a lot of U.S. former generals on uh, his glory a lot, the General Flynn, General McInerney, Boykin, Valley, many. I think probably 12 or 15 generals come on quite often. And people start putting hope in the military and in man and President Trump instead of God. And that's why we're in this pickle today is we didn't we got to put our hope in the living Christ. He is the only way out of that. Mm -hmm. well, but I'm seeing a miraculous, only God can do this shift. These generals are changing from it's us, the military. We're the only ones to get through this until now publicly on his glory and privately when they communicate to me and are like, we, the only way out of this is... Our, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So that is very good news. Our hope is in Christ. But with that said, um, we always were concerned about, you know, the, you know, the former former generals get it, but what about the current generals? And uh, I alluded to you before we went live that there are, I'll just say, active generals now that uh, have communicated some in code, some other ways to me that God is in charge and the military is further in charge than what people think. So God has empowered our military. That would be safe to say. Yes. All, I won't say how many of them there are, but the, the, there's quite a few of them. From a one-star to a four-star general, uh, every one of them are believers in Jesus Christ. Praise God. You know, it makes me think of King David and his army and how it was God who empowered them. And this is one of many examples of how God worked through governments and military in the past. And I really appreciate what you said, that our hope is only in God. Yep. And God most often works through his people. He, he wants us engaged in his plan. He wants us involved in his plan. He wants us to partner with him. So it's so comforting and reassuring to hear that we've got this many people in our military who are sold out to God at this point. Yeah. At the same time, God is God. <laughs> and he's going to do what he wants to do. And I have been looking forward, especially from his revelations through the trusted prophets, to God doing some things that only can be attributed to God. How about you? What what do you sense about that? Uh, I, I confirm uh, we have many prophets that come on his glory. We have a couple different programs, a window in the supernatural. Uh, Barry Wunsch had a prophecy and I don't follow the prophets at all, 
um, because I don't want the prophecies from them to mix up what I'm getting from the Lord and also from uh, sources. Uh, so when they do come on, it's it's entertaining to know that I don't know what they're going to say. And it's real um, because we're not rehearsing it. Uh, but so many people talked about Barry Wunsch's prophetic word on his glory, I think Friday night. So I went back over the weekend and I, I listened to it. This was on his glory with uh, Diana Larkin, a window in the supernatural. Because uh, five people said, did you hear what Barry said? Did you hear what Barry said? And when I hear five people ask me the same thing, I'm like, okay, well, where do I find it? Uh, you should know it was on his glory. <laughs> I said, okay. So I, I went back and Barry's a great, great guy, Canadian hammer. Mm -hmm. And uh, he just really uh, hit on some things that I know from Intel sources that are accurate and other prophets that are accurate. And I know he's not talking to the military. Well, he's talking to one military person I know in Canada, but he's not talking to the other prophets because the prophets that are true prophets don't talk to each other. And um, he was talking about the Fox in, in the tail and Fox News uh, thing came out on Monday. Uh, he was talking about it's going to be a moment of silence, emergency broadcast. Uh, emergency broadcast did go out, I think, before that or after that. There was one in Florida and there was one in the U.K., uh, so stay tuned. Uh, I truly believe that there's going to be a dark moment, literally, uh, where things go dark and uh, it, it, not to fear. I, I tell this when Julie Green comes on on Wednesdays with me, uh, when this time happens and it goes dark, uh, I'm going to be on my John Deere tractor praising the Lord and knowing that he's got it and there's no worries. So mm -hmm. um, it's going to happen. I, I tend to agree with you. In fact, I've been asking my audience to please be prepared. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but it's better to be prepared. And my understanding in it going dark means that we won't have access to the internet and we probably won't have access to our cell phones. Would you agree with that? Right. Yep. yep. Okay. Everything will be jammed. Uh, they they are playing with my phone as we speak right now. So they, they anticipate it. Um, I have literally caught them hacking into my phone. Not only are they taping or uh, listening to my conversations, but they're actually literally getting into my device and starting to do text messages and emails. I watch them do it. I've showed my wife that many times. It's unreal how they do that. So they're, 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 they're trying to do everything they possibly can to stop this, whatever this event is going to transpire from happening. Okay. And you were talking again about the time of it possibly being dark Correct. and that you are personally anticipating. I am anticipating it as well. Okay. Pastor Dave, what would you recommend people do in preparation for a time of darkness? It could be a week, 10 days, two weeks. It could be a little bit longer. What do you recommend? Grab your Bible. What a great time to get into the Lord and uh, grab your Bible, uh, soak him in, read it, and, and just have that comfort and that shalom, that peace that you know when the lights come back, he's got it. And he's got a great opportunity for us because we know the heart of the Lord. The heart of the Lord is it's not doom. It's not overtime because uh, we're going to have the greatest revival in the history of the world. This is truly the greatest time in the history of the world to be alive. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see the greatest revival. Not only can I prove that scripturally, but I know the heart of God. When you read the word of God, you know his heart. And his heart is to get all people an opportunity to know who he is on their terms. And he's not done yet. That's why we're going to see the billion person harvest. Uh, with that said, I'd also just be prepared with extra water, food, medications. Uh, I don't believe that it's going to be dark for very long. I think it's going to be a short dark. And then out we go. Uh, it's short, 24, 48, 96 uh, hours. I don't know. But it's not going to be very long. Um, unless something drags it out worse, but I don't anticipate that to happen because God in the end light wins. And also your finances. People ask me about finance. I'm not a financial planner, 
But I know God says uh, silver and gold are mine, saith the Lord. If you have assets that you can get out of paper currency, uh, the banks are going to be in huge trouble. They're already in huge trouble uh, to be in silver and gold. But if you don't have those resources, many don't. Don't worry, God is going to take care of his people. And part of this reflip of the of the financial market is based on the Bible. It's called the Shemitah and the Torah. Right. Every seventh year, you, you get the land and the debts are relieved and there's a blessing. And every seven times seven is a Jubilee year. And we're running into a Jubilee year. Uh, so there's going to be great blessing God. And the reason guys are going to do that is not so that we're all driving around in Ferraris. It's so that we can preach the gospel and have all the resources we need to reach every single person from east to west to north to south to, to follow his great commission. Absolutely. Yeah. In terms of the darkness, I've heard it said that it's really for our protection, that we would be sequestered inside for our protection. And I believe that's how you understand it as well. Yep. Okay. Correct. All right. So we want to be prepared. We want to have diapers if we have small children, of course. Yep. Have Just be smart. Just have whatever we can in the event that we won't be able to go outside of our homes and we won't have access to internet or to our telephones. And I also like what you said too about getting our Bibles out. What a perfect time to light the candles and have a Bible study with your family, huh? And say, and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for when the lights come on, victory is assured in your name. Amen. How perfect is that? Amen. I have said, as you have, that this is the most exciting time for people to be alive, that we are about to see God work on earth as he never has before. The prophets have been saying that this is going to be unprecedented. Yep. And I've even heard, I believe it was Julie Green say that everyone who's alive today has been handpicked by God to be part of this time in history. And if we can just get hold of that much, that God knew that we would be alive for this and that he wants us to participate with him, to see him work, to give him the glory and to align ourselves with him like never before. And to let this be a time of turning where there's no turning back. Uh, this billion soul harvest that we are about to see that Bob Jones prophesied, you know, pastor, I've been concerned about that. And I don't know if you know my background, but I never wanted to be an author short story. God had me read something that upset me and I wrote what I thought was going to be an op-ed. It turned out to be my first book. But my most recent book in my Faith to Live By series is called Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. And I wrote that out of a heavy heart, knowing our church leadership, by and large, not every church, but by and large, are not prepared for every person from every walk of life to come in their newfound faith in desperation in their unsanitized version, maybe right off the streets, maybe still smelling of alcohol in their breath, our church congregations, our church leadership are by and large not prepared to truly welcome such people in the church doors on any given day. So I wrote the book trying to help be a, a voice in the wilderness, sounding an alarm. What have you seen about the churches actually gearing up and getting prepared? If I, in my simple ways, can understand what God is doing, surely we have enough Christian leaders who do, don't we? Well, uh, we we don't have enough. Uh, we've seen that through COVID nineteen. That uh, you know, through denomination uh, teaching, uh, that they've been distracted. I, I I've traveled many churches here in Texas the last month or so, and we've had a lot of world events. And none of the, not a single church I've been into, even talking about world events, they're talking about chili cookoffs and something that is not for today. We you need to get your congregation ready because. Even if it's even if it's you're waiting for the rapture of Christ tomorrow or tonight, you may not see tomorrow. You might die in a, a car accident tomorrow. And you've got to get your congregation, your sheep, ready to accept the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you've got to bring in the new. I heard a horrible story. I think Rogers made this 
public, Roger Stone on, on his glory, said when he was seeking Christ, he went to a Catholic church. And you know what the people said to him? Get out of this church. You're not welcome. That's the problem. Yeah, this is what I'm concerned about very much. Um, I had the privilege of interviewing Walt Heyer, who was born biologically male, transitioned to become female, had a miserable life. He has a wonderful ministry as a result called Sex Change Regrets. But he went to a church looking for help. And he found a good church, gratefully. But Pastor Farrar, whom he saw, and I talk about this in my book I just mentioned, Pastor Farrar said they realized that Walt was coming to them genuinely wanting help. Sometimes he showed up as Laura. Sometimes he showed up as Walt and dressed accordingly. Yep. And this church board, the, the church leadership was greatly challenged. Did they have what it takes to really help this person? And they did an internal audit. I'm so pleased with their story. And they were able to help Walt, who now in turn helps countless people. And he himself is married to one of the people who helped him become released and delivered from what he was dealing with. Yep. My heart's heavy that we don't, as you, in your own words, we don't have enough Christian leaders who are truly prepared. Yeah. And we're, we're working on preparing. We just did a press release, I think yesterday, that we're going to be reaching out to all the pastors in the United States and in the world and uh, bring them on Zoom calls and start educating these pastors to be ready, what their church needs to be ready for. Uh, that means growing their own food, helping their communities. Can you imagine if every single church that owns just huge amounts of property would just start growing their own food and helping their congregation and helping their community? We wouldn't have to worry about shortages or anything like that. So we're putting a, a detailed program together to help pastors uh, to be prepared for tough times and uh, to be able to bring people in because there's going to be a lot of hurt people when all this comes down. There's going to be a lot of hurt people uh, when you say transgender. There's going to be a lot of hurt people that are going to be in shock that they couldn't believe all these horrible, evil things were real. And what we need to do is we got to bring them in with love. We got to be prepared to bring them in with love, not scolding them, but love them. And we don't have enough churches ready to bring in the love. And uh, we got to change that because it, everything is about to change real quick. Well, Pastor Dave, you and I have the same heart in that. If there's anything I can do to help in that endeavor, I want to, because I know the church is supposed to be a hospital. Yep. We're supposed to, as you say, welcome and love people with Christ's love. If they're coming in genuinely wanting to seek truth, who else would they come to except the church? That's why Jesus has asked us to be ready in season and out of season to share the hope that's within us. Yeah, you mentioned the transgender. Uh, this is something I haven't said publicly yet, but I'm going to speak a lot on this publicly. As a matter of fact, we're working on music uh, to touch just this. Uh, the Lord's put on my heart that these the, the transgender situation is just it, it breaks my heart. Yeah, uh, because these 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 people are so confused, so manipulated, so taught wrong that we can't say, "Oh, you're a pedophile," or "You're wrong," or "You're evil," or "You're this that." We got to show them the love of Jesus Christ and reach them and bring them in and show him his love. And they're going to change. They're going to change for him, not because we're trying to force them to change. We need to show more love. And, you know, Pastor Dave, I've said this. I know you will agree that the most loving thing we can do is to show people the truth yep. by the way we live first and secondarily to care enough about them to ask them, are you confident you're living your life on the basis of truth? Yep. And if they're not confident to gain enough of a relationship with them, that they will allow us to walk them through the logical conclusions of their own worldview, and then trust us enough to have them consider the way of Jesus. You know what the most shocking thing I've discovered so far about this is that there are 
a remnant of churches and pastors that are willing to talk to the, the transgender people. They're like, I can't believe a church would talk to me because they're so used to the church being against them. Mm -hmm. And that's what the world is trying to do, create a division to go out and have hate and violence. And, and the church say that you're just, you're, you're not of Christ Just stay away. You're evil or you're that instead of bringing them in and love. And they're shocked. They're shocked when you bring them in with love. And that's what we got to do. That's what, that's what Christ did. We, we have to be ambassadors to Jesus Christ. We're a hospital for sinners, not a, a museum for saints. Right. And what you're pointing out, too, is that any one of us, I mean, we were all sinners saved by grace. There but for the grace of God go I. We are all subject to sin. Yep. Sin is sin. I mean, whether it's expressed in homosexuality, transgenderism, adultery, uh, no matter how it's expressed, sin is sin. And the most loving thing we can do is to help people discover and live in life-giving truth. Yep. I know that's something that you do with His glory because of your personal life experiences. It's what you're all about is to help people discover God. Yeah, I, I, I've been humbled many times by the Lord, <laughs> so I get it. I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. It's easier to be obedient and follow His precepts and commandments than go against the Lord. Absolutely. So we're living in a time, a very exciting time, where God is working through His people. And as you pointed out, we have some hope, yep. some real hope in our own government, our own military, uh, not all of it, but the white hats anyway, and not only in our nation, but I understand in other nations around the world. Mm -hmm. That God is working globally. This is not all about the United States, but his people all around the world. And yes, we may have some greater intensity and some dark times coming up. But as you said, these are times of evidences of God at work and that we should celebrate and make sure we're aligned with him and that we're obedient in our relationship with God. Because when we are obedient, we get to be in his protection and in his provision and under his care. And right now, for those, Dave, who might hear this broadcast, who are not confident that they are in a right relationship with God, who are not confident that they have been obediently walking with God, what would you like to say? Yeah, I'd say if you're not sure, you better ask this, say this prayer. It's very simple. I mean, people think it's complex. You know, Christian Christianity is a thinking man's religion, as one pastor I heard say, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. It's simple as a child. And that's the way it is. You, you just, with your heart and truly mean it, Lord Jesus Christ, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins, past, present, and future. And I want to be obedient to you and make you king of my life. If you mean that and you say that, you speak that, you just entered into a relationship that's eternal with the Lord. And now get into his word and he'll guide you because every answer to every question you ever have in your life is in his word. Amen. Amen. And I know that I will make sure that I have some follow-up information for my podcast listeners in my show notes to that end, helps that they might want in their newfound faith and life. And Dave, what about you? What about things that you're doing at His Glory that are new that our audience should know about? Well, we continue. The Lord told me, and uh, it was probably, I think it was last summer in Kansas to do tent revival. So we're going, uh, we started here in Texas. It was uh, a, a great success. Many people uh, came to Christ. Uh, we did many baptisms. Um and uh, a healing were happening. So we're doing tent revivals in every single state, all 50 states. Uh, so we're rolling those out as we speak. And as soon as we're done with all 50 states, we're going to hit the world. Uh, we may start with Barry Wunsch in Canada and partner with him. Then we're going to go to Auschwitz, Israel, and hit every country that we possibly can to do old-fashioned tent revivals that just to glorify his name. The second big thing that we're doing is really doing more with his glory music, because 
the children are on our heart, the youth are on our heart, and we believe the way that we can bridge that gap is through reaching them through music. And uh, so we're going to be coming out with different music uh, bands that are under the His Glory label uh, and with the sole purpose of witnessing and ministering to the youth. Oh, that sounds great. When are you going to be in California with the Tent Revival? I get asked that a lot. Uh, so probably January, February timeframe. Dave and his team are smart to consider being in California in January or February with our mild winters compared to the rest of the country. I plan on keeping you informed about his tent meetings, and who knows, maybe we'll be able to meet in person at one of them. Dave was so good to start off by reminding us our hope is in Jesus. It is in God and never in man or government or military or anything of man. God often chooses to work through people and institutions. Which is why both Pastor David and I stress the importance of intentionally being in a right relationship with God and being willingly obedient to all he asks of us. You know, all my books in my Faith to Live By series were written to help people better understand their Christian faith and how to successfully live it out. The first book is Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. The second is Renew Your Hope, Remedy for Personal Breakthroughs. And the third is revive your life, rest for your anxious heart, wanting you to have every advantage and all the help you need to quickly step into your God-given destiny. I'm offering these three books in a bundle at a special discount for my podcast listeners. Get all three paperback books, personalized and autographed, when you use the promo code DESTINY at checkout, and you'll receive a 20% discount for those of you living in the United States. Those outside the States, since I can't ship to you, I offer the same three-book bundle in ebook format, also at a 20% discount. Again, use the word destiny at checkout to get the discount. Today is the day where people everywhere must choose their destiny by choosing who they will be aligned with, either God and all his life-giving and good ways, or with Satan and all his destroying evil ways. I've said before, if you are not intentionally aligned with God, by default, you are already aligned with the devil. I expressed at the beginning of the show that my life has turned out nothing as I dreamed. I never imagined myself as a communicator or teacher working in media, specifically full-time in ministry, not even as a new believer in Jesus. No, I've come to be on the path I am today because I first wanted God to truly be Lord of my life, and second, because I chose to be obedient each step along the way. And I'm the most fulfilled I could possibly be, because I am doing what I was created to do. God has been spending a lot of time, especially these past three years, to wake people up to the truth. The reason the world is in the mess it's in today is because the vast majority of people have been deceived. They have been lied to, and they don't realize they have, because the very nature of deception means the victim is unaware. This is why I asked you first off if you would be willing to reconsider what you think to be truth. The father of all lies, the devil, also known as Satan, has been successful in deceiving many of God's people to one degree or another. How else can you explain the advancement of evil where all things that were once considered wrong are now claimed to be right? The devil has been highly successful in preventing Christians from knowing the truth about who they actually are in Christ and what they are called and equipped to do. All Christians are called to kingdom ministry, their life work, 
whether as a teacher in public schools, a lawyer in civil matters, a mother raising children, or a CEO of a major corporation, no matter what we do for a living, our call is to be a worker in God's kingdom. We are called to be salt and light, to be the influence over evil and not the other way around. I have said many times, while people with wrong understanding of truth see what's occurring on the earth and declare, where is God in all of this? God is looking upon us, asking, where are my people in all of this? If you want to see God at work in your life, if you want to see God at work in the world, then your first course of action is to repent from wrong understandings and align yourself up with the truth of Jesus, giving yourself over to him not only as Savior to keep you from hell, but as Lord of your life today, and then expect to see great and mighty works of God be done in and through you. If you've enjoyed today's program, make a point of joining me next week where you can expect to hear more life-giving truth to help you experience all the hope truth provides. Should you have a topic you want me to explore on this podcast, simply let me know by email. My email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. In the meantime, won't you help others learn about my podcast so they can be encouraged too? Telling others about this podcast is a show of support that I greatly appreciate. You can also be supportive by purchasing goods and services from me and my affiliates. As you know, it costs money to run any business or ministry. For this reason, I seek to find partners who can offer you goods and services you need. I've been recommending some to you for a long time now, but there's no appreciable response. So, I'm researching other prospects. If you are a regular listener and you find value in this podcast, please know I need your support to continue. If there are goods or services you would be willing to purchase through my podcast, by all means, let me know what goods or services you want. Again, my email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. When you purchase my own books, products, or services, or products and services from any of my affiliates, you get something you want, and at the same time, you support me. Shop for yourself or shop to get gifts for family and friends. Your support is greatly appreciated. It's an easy way to spend your hard-earned dollars and get the maximum benefit for all of us. I sincerely hope you appreciate my dedication to you through these podcasts. Let me know how this podcast impacts you and what you're now doing in response to the equipping you've received through me. Again, my email is faithtoliveby at pamelachristianministries.com. If you like the content and resource materials I bring you with this podcast, you'll find much more by connecting with me through my blog. In fact, my blog has been awarded two unsolicited awards for Christian content. And I'm also very active on social media, where I can cover much more than I can with this weekly podcast. So make sure we're connected there as well. You can also subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. As a new subscriber, you can choose one of three gifts that I offer in appreciation for your subscription. Subscribing will make you a preferred member, where you will receive special announcements and offers not available to others. And by subscribing, should anything happen to my podcast, I'll have a way to remain in contact with you. Depending upon where you listen to my podcast, if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever these features are available. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the gospel and helps people learn how to better apply their Christian faith. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victories over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us 
the least we can do is live for Him. 